Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 63 of Tunes Mate. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And this week, we are counting down our top five from 2022. And it was a good year. There's a lot of good music out there. And for me, Ray, I always land on the songs that get people dancing. And I know I could have filtered it down many other ways. I could have went, picked all my favorite ones. And I know we always approach this differently, but my filter was top 40 songs that get people dancing. Yeah, my filter, I started up my own playlist again a couple years ago. I'd been running it in the 80s and 90s. And I do my top 30 chart every week. And I did the, I just do a, a top 100 for the year and I figure out chart performance and based off of you get 30 points for every week you're at number one 29 for every week you're at number two 28 all the way down to one point for every week you're at 30 and I just add up the point totals at the end and that's where I end up and it's interesting because in some ways some of my favorite songs which actually I mean still did well on my weekly chart don't end up in my top five. So, for instance, I really like Florence and the Sheen's new album. They had two big hits off of that, My Love and Free. And I actually, I really like Free. And it spent a couple weeks at the top of my playlist. But it ended up, ended up at number 17 for the year just based off a of chart performance. So kind of another example of how even on a personal level, right, that the chart performance and popularity or how much you like something don't always necessarily align so but i went with chart performance so these are the yeah mine mine are going to be five songs that did the best on on my chart this year that's amazing i love the fact that you started up your chart again and i've been following it because you've got a youtube link out there yep and i've caught songs that aren't being played on radio or just aren't getting enough love out there. So let's start. What do you have at number five? So number five, if you listen to, to pop radio, it might've gotten a little bit of play. It, it got a lot of play on alt radio. In fact, it was the number one song of the year for the Sirius XM's Alt 18 countdown that they do on their, their Alt Nation channel. It would just end up the number one song for them for the year. And it's uh, the Killers released a, a single in late summer uh, called Boy. And it's everything that you might think the Killers could be. I've really loved some of the stuff they've been doing. The last couple albums have been really good stuff. They're, they channel a lot of Springsteen. This one actually channels, there's a keyboard part in it that really channels Erasure, like Chains of Love and stuff. And so I really, I mean, this song, I, I, I would crank this thing. I still crank this thing in my car, you know, as loud as it can go. It's called Boy by the Killers. Yeah, good tune. That was my number six. So <laughs> I I discovered this late in the year, and I couldn't figure I thought it was an old song because it sounds so much like that classic Killers mm -hmm. as formula. And I was like, what is this? And I, I finally you know, did the Shazam on it, and I was like, oh, this is a new song. So it definitely was played a lot on alt and i think if you haven't heard this song you should definitely check it out if you're a fan of the old school killers 
And, and I think this song could, to me, that's why it was at six. I think if I played this one, it would just be like Mr. You know, Brightside again, all over again. I think people would come out there. Yep. I just didn't get a chance to play this one that often this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a real danceable thing. So what's your number five? Mine is, we talked about this offline, but it's Nicki Minaj, Super Freaky Girl. And it's all about samples. Mm-hmm. And you know, Nikki has sampled some songs in the past. She did Baby Got Back with Anaconda a few mm-hmm. years back. And she did it again with Rick James, Super Freak. And everyone said, well, wait a minute, is it MC Hammer? Well, yes. <laughs> and this song just, I always focus on the way it just hits people and this was one of those songs it definitely did that this year yeah i wasn't really taken with it but i absolutely see the the connection especially the the use of so right the use of rick james super freak and then to kind of you know it's an interesting play off of that right because the original song is rick singing about this girl's a super freak and so this is Nicki minaj saying i'm the super freak and so you know it's kind of like a an you know 40 years later an answer to that song yeah there's a lot of interesting answers to songs we'll, we'll be talking about i think more on this countdown as we go what did you have it for so number four is again one of those songs where it you know it actually probably goes down a little bit if i if i rank these dead by my favorites but it like it really kind of hit my chart for a long time and you know in 2021 ed sheeran released his latest album and he had his uh, his two big hits, uh, Bad Habits and Shivers. And this was the third single off of that album, was Overpass Graffiti. And I ended up really liking this song. It kind of was a slow burn for me at first. I was like, okay, this is cool, you know. And and then just over time, I just really, really liked it to, to the point that it became really my favorite song off of that album. And I liked the other songs on that album as well. And and Ed Sheeran's been all over pop music this, this year. He's You know, he's teamed up with Camila Cabello teamed up with uh, Taylor Swift. He's had another song after this one called Two Step. You know, he's been just kind of ubiquitous, kind of like Phil Collins in the 80s this year, you know. And uh, But this is the one that stuck out with me, Overpass Graffiti. That's an interesting pick. I mean, I, I know Ed, he's been everywhere. And I'm glad you captured that in the top five because, like you said, synonymous to Phil in the 80s. For a while there, I think in the 90s and maybe the early 2000s, it seemed like it was Rob Thomas. He always was with everybody. Hey, he's with Santana, and now he's solo, and now he's back with, you know, Matchbox 20. So I think it's interesting how Ed has made it here, and I I love the fact that you picked that song. It didn't make a big impression in me, maybe because it just didn't get as much airplay as the other two hits and that always seems to happen you don't sometimes that third or fourth song does but i just missed out on that one so i like the pick though yeah absolutely no that shivers and uh, bad habits i mean those got got major play across formats and across stations and th- yeah this was kind of the, the third hit it it got some place in some places but yeah like you said kind of you, you know emblematic of ed being everywhere this year so what's your number four my vote number four is another dance song, and it's another sample. You can see where these songs are going. This is Big Energy 
by Lotto. And there was a lot of crossover this year between Lotto and Mariah Carey. They did a, a mashup between this song and Fantasy. And because she mentions it in the song. Yep. And Fantasy was a huge tune of the 90s. I can't tell you how many times I played that, especially with the remix version Fantasy. And then this year, the same. I was able to mix those two songs together and move back and forth. And then, as you know, it samples Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club. And I actually got requests to play Genius of Love. So I would, because this once again brought a resurgence back to that song. So I always think when there's a remake, it always makes you think of where it came from. And, and this was an example of that. Yeah, no, it was, it was a really danceable hit. I liked it. I, you know, it was, it was something that for a, a number of weeks there was a, like mid to late summer, right? It, it, it mm -hmm. seemed to be everywhere for a, a few weeks there. And just about every time I turned on the radio, I could count on it coming on within a few songs. And as you said, it, it's kind of got this historical element to it. it. It samples back to the 90s, which samples back to the 80s. They did that remix with uh, Mariah Carey it was easy enough to mix it in with, with Mariah Carey or to go back to Tom Tom Club. And it was a, it was, it's a well done sample. You know, we, we had an episode a couple years ago about our favorite sample. I, I remember thinking when, when I approached that one is which samples made the song, you know, help really make the song. And this is one where the sample really makes this song and this song really does well with the sample. Yeah. It one doesn't work without the other, and, and that was a really good example. All right, so we're we're approaching number three. What do you got at three? So number three was talked about number four being a bit of a slow burn. This one was a little bit of a slow burn for me too. At first, I liked it, and then then I got to a point uh, in the fall where I absolutely loved it. I would crank this thing on my radio every time it came on. It was a One Republic's a song for the Top Gun movie Maverick. I ain't worried. This thing just. I mean, again, it, it kind of, when it first came out, I was like, yeah, it's cool. And then I just got to a point where I could not stop singing this thing. I couldn't stop just cranking it up in my radio. It's got, it feels, if you watch the video for it, it feels like the part of the movie where it gets used and it really captures the film. It captures that character Maverick, right? I ain't worried. You know, this is what I'm doing. And he talks about what he's doing and, and it just, it makes me feel like I can take on the world. And so it's a really inspirational song to me. And I just, and, it, and it's done well too. You know, it, it hit the top 10 on the Hot 100 chart. It's gotten all kinds of airplay throughout the late summer into the fall. And so, uh, yeah, One Republic's I Ain't Worried ends up at my number three. Yeah, great choice. This was my number seven. And once again, One Republic, they really know how to write hit songs. I mean, they've, written hit songs, the Jonas Brothers, and, and you could probably go down the list. And I think I'm glad they kept this one for themselves. I couldn't agree more how the just the interplay with the movie, and that was such a huge movie. I'm glad that movie soundtracks are back because there was another song on here that was lower on my chart, but it was a Lady Gaga song that was out there, yep. Hold My Hand, that was sitting around because they had this on the shelf for a couple of years, this movie. So uh, I, all the music was sitting there too. I liked the attitude of it. I thought it was a good flashback to that kind of One Republic sound, everything about it. So 
great choice at three. Yeah, thanks. What about your number three? Mine, I was surprised that my, this is my number three, but it was one of those dance songs again, Break My Soul by Beyonce. And I'm typically, I, I can't remember the last song I selected by Beyonce. It was probably Crazy in Love with her and Jay-Z. What was that? 10, 15 years ago? Yep, yep. It was a long time ago. And there was just something about this particular record where Beyonce went back to kind of the club days. She's got a hit out now called Cuff It that is similar. And this reminded me of that 90s kind of black box, all those hits that were back then, that Hadaway, What Is Love kind of thing. And this was another song you put on and you could mix it into anything. Most people have some kind of affection toward Beyonce and this just felt classic to me, a classic dance song. Sure. No, I, I absolutely get the connection you have. That it, it has, I like that you mentioned Black Box. I mean, the groove of this thing is classic mid-90s, right? This sounds like a club song from the 90s. I'm, I'm a little surprised. The thing with this song was I had a hard time getting into it. I had a hard time feeling inspired by it. And I think it was, I just, Beyonce's vocals in it just felt kind of eh. Like kind of meh. I don't want to diss Beyonce here. You know, I think well of Beyonce. I love a lot of the stuff she's done, but but I, I tried really hard to get into this. I don't know how many times like it came on on the radio and I would put it up and I would listen to it just trying to get it. But I just felt like her vocals were kind of a little mailed in. Just kind of, okay, we're doing this thing. You know, the, we got the bass, we got the beat we want. Like you said, that 90s mix that is clear. I mean, it's a distinctive style. And it just was like, okay, I'm here doing my vocals. Let's get this done and be done with it. And, you know, and I don't know that that's what happened, but it just, it felt that way to me. And so it was certainly Beyonce's back, right? It certainly, I can absolutely understand what you're talking about. This could be mixed into so many things. So I get what you're, you're talking about there. It just, the, the vocals for me never quite did. I like Cuff It actually a little bit better. So do I. Yeah, but I, I just never could quite get I felt just kind of uninspired by the vocal track on this one. I felt Cuff It is still out there. So what always seems to happen to me is songs that cross over from the former year into the new year never make my my year-end chart Mm -hmm. because it's split between the two. And I know there's probably a couple songs that we could probably do the same. I remember in last year's countdown, you had some songs that were like, well, it technically charted the year before, but I'm going to put them on here and you know, that may end up here, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, my challenge with most of the songs I listen to is I'm more always focused on the beat rather than mm-hmm. other qualities. So it, I, it gets lost to me. That makes a lot of sense. And I appreciate your point about the songs that kind of go year to year, because when I, the methodology I use really privileges songs that had their entire run during the year, right? So my number right. six song, for instance, was City Lights by the Sherlock's which gained like some of its points in late 21. If you add in those points, it ends up at like number two on my chart for this year. Uh, Meanwhile, the 1975 have a song out right now called I'm in love with you, which as you mentioned last year, I I talked about that. If you're too shy, let me, let me know would have hit my top five, but it was really 2020. This is like the, the answer to it's like the follow-up single for that. You know, it's not, it's a, it's a different album. It's the, not the first single off of this new album. 
but it's like the answer to that song and it has the same vibe and I absolutely love it, but it's like at number one on my chart right now and it's going to have a run over two years. So it really doesn't quite hit. So it's, you know, it's kind of glad you mentioned that point because it, it says something about the methodology that we kind of use or, you know, kind of how we think about these things. It does. Yeah. And it's, it's hard sometimes because yep. you find songs being left at the pier as the boat sails yep. away. And yep. Really. I really wanted you on the boat, but yep. I'm going to leave you there. How about your number two? So number two for me, I mean, I loved it in the summer. This song like just, just smacked me. I remember listening to it on various media, including Sirius XM, Alt Nation Station, as well as uh, Live One's alternative countdown channel. It did well on both of those. It was Arcade Fire. It wasn't the first single out, but it was their big one, Unconditional One, Lookout Kid. I remember hearing at that time the Alt Nation Top 40 chart, Ruben, when he first talked about it, he, he the host that the countdown, saying, I dare you not to cry when you hear this song. The video is great. Uh, it's got one of those blow up things that stores put out when they're doing promotion. It's like a person, you know, dancing in the wind that, you know, mm-hmm. folds over and dances all over. It's got one of those and these kids chasing after it. And it plays these clips of like, you know, crazy things happening, like a porta potty getting picked up by the wind and flown through the air and kid grabbing onto the door, the screen door and getting flown by the wind. And, and, but the feel of this song, you know, it's about lookout kids about life's going to treat you rough. But what's life without some pain? I I get tears in my eyes sometimes when I hear this thing. I look at my kid. There have been times I this is on the radio this summer, and I look back at my son or my daughter, and I just start welling up because I just I feel like the love for my kids and how I want to just you know be there for them. And and so this song ends up as my number two, unconditional lookout kid by Arcade Fire. Just a beautiful tune. I don't think I can add anything to that. I think I agree. I think I missed a mark on this song with my list because this is another one of those where I kind of missed out on mm-hmm. a lot of the songs that weren't getting a continual top 40 play. And I think this was a huge tune in, once again, one of those alternative channels. And I didn't get into this song until later in the year. And I think if I would have, it would have been higher as well. So excellent choice i think like i said i don't have anything else to add i think you he hit it on the head on that one yeah thanks and that shows sort of the the fragmentation right that you know it what you listen to that we have such a we've talked about this on the podcast before the 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 music industry has such it's built itself off of fragmentation in a way that it didn't mm-hmm. 30 40 50 years ago you know so what stations or media you start listening to you know, affect what you're going to get exposed to. And it's not like, I mean, you have pop radio, but you can easily get into a niche where, you know, you're listening to the dance, you're listening to soul, you're listening to country, you're listening to alt music. And you tend to hear some of the stuff you're going to hear elsewhere, but you're going to hear these songs that you're not necessarily going to hear elsewhere. And the music industry's built a model off of that now where it can, you know, it can, you know, Sirius XM builds itself off of that. A live one that I mentioned has channels built off of that as well. So I, I think your point is well taken, right? There's stuff that you find out, wow, I would have liked that had I been exposed to it, you know, three months ago, it would have, you know, I would have even liked it more or found out about it more. So yeah, so I, I really appreciate your point there. So And that well, that's that's the power of Tunesmate. Shameless plug, but every time I go to Tunesmate, I learn about something new. Like I didn't know about that song. 
Yep. So I think it just goes back to the whole mantra of, of why we're doing this. Yep. So, and speaking of the things that we love about tunes, mate, what's your number two? My number two is running up that hill by Kate Bush. It got significant push because of Stranger Things. And it's amazing to me whenever flashback song becomes popular and now it's on pop radio and you've got an excuse to turn it up really loud. So to me, that song was there. It's not the most danceable, but you can still get out there. It's one of those songs where it can get people excited before dancing and it was everywhere yeah it hit the it was in the top 10 for me for the year i didn't make my top five but it was in my top 10 it was as you kind of you summed it up right it was a it got brought back by stranger things it was a reason to to listen to something from the 80s again you know i wrote about it on tunes mate that you know for years i'd heard the question what song from the 80s if brought back would would be just as big of a hit and I think we have our answer. It's not only just as big of a hit, but an even bigger hit. It hit the top five this time. You know, it's, it's original run uh, more than 35 years ago. It, it hit the top 40, but didn't hit the top 20, didn't hit the top 10. Now it hits the top five. Uh, you know, it synced up through uh, Stranger Things, exposed how many people, right? How many uh, Gen Z folks to Kate Bush, right? Where they're like, oh my gosh, you know, this... Kate Bush is great. And I'm like, yeah, check out this other stuff by Kate Bush while you're at it too. You know, uh, don't give up or Wuthering Heights or whatever. And, and so this song really was a, a it was a great tribute to the eighties from a, a, a show that, that plays tribute to the eighties, brings back Kate Bush really sort of shows that, you know, you have the right mix of, of stuff and a, an old song can really come back and, and be a new hit. And it surely did. It was everywhere. Yeah. And Kate Bush was, she had been on top of the world in, in 2022. So, and then speaking of the top of the world, what's number one? Number one. I think we agree on this one. As it was, Harry Styles. Yep. You talk about something that was everywhere from throughout the summer, right? This was the song of the summer. It was released in late spring, you know, was there throughout the summer. This song, it was the first song off of Harry's, uh, first single off of Harry's new album, uh, it just, I mean, it, it was everywhere this year and uh, it actually, you know, it finished at number one on my chart. It actually broke a record. I ran my, my top 30 chart from 1989 to 1998. I picked it back up again in 20 early tw- at the beginning of 2021. And the old record for most weeks at number one was nine. Couple of songs did it. The, the the song that was the biggest was "As I Lay Me Down" by Sophie B. Hawkins from the mid '90s. This one beat it. it. Became the first song to hit to have ten weeks at the top of my chart, and it just and it got knocked out by my number two song. It only got knocked out because Arcade Fire came along. So, I mean, this song it had such a good feel. It you talk about danceable. I mean, it it crossed over. It was a pop. It was a the biggest pop hit. Most weeks at number one for the year. In on the pop chart, it it was getting alternative play. I remember seeing complaints by people, "What the heck is Harry Styles doing on alternative radio?" But but it was it, it hit the top forty for the for alt nations, you know, top top thirty six for the year. It, you know, it it was everywhere. Yeah, and what's fascinating about it is that I think it was everywhere. A couple things. One is the topic. It makes you think about. What was it like 
before everything that happened over the last couple of years. Also, it had that kind of take on me reverse engineered melody that a lot of people say. It's like, it sounds very familiar. I can't figure it out. And then the thing that always got me was there's a there's a breakdown and it kind of sounds like he's, I don't know, he's rapping or something. I don't know, he's doing some yep. kind of speaking in the middle of it, some kind of vocal. And then all of a sudden I've got Christmas bells at the end. I don't know what's happening. So I think the song has many elements that remind you of other songs. And then it also does its job of making you think about, hmm, as it was. You summed it up well. I mean, the, the thematic element, at the I think what, what you talked about, it shows it was so well arranged, right? The the Christmas bells come in, that, that voice part, like you said, it, it was like, it, I could see the connection to rapping. It kind of reminded me of like old school R&B, right? Where they'd have that talking part in the middle. Mm-hmm. Silk Sonic kind of built off of this the year before, right? And yes, and it was that same kind of thing where I'm going to have this talk part. And it's it's at the same that point in the song, right after two verses and a couple of refrains, where you, you kind of have this coda where you do that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, it it hits all those points, like you said. And and fun, interestingly enough, going back to that that theme of what's really the biggest hit of the year may not be the biggest hit on the charts when. Billboard did its top 100 of the year. This ended up coming in at number two. And Heat Waves by uh, Glass Animals, which to me was a song which originally came out in 2020, but had this long, slow burn over pop radio and ended up, you know, staying in the top 40 and in the top 20 of the Hot 100 for most of the year in 2022. Heat Waves ends up number one for the year. And as it was, ends up number two. And that's because, you know, chart performance, yeah, Heat Wave spent a few weeks at number one, but really, come on, this was the big hit of the year. And so it kind of really shows that point about, you know, chart performance and popularity can sometimes be a little bit different of a thing. Yeah, and I had Heat Waves on my chart, but it was one of those songs where the more I listened to it, the less I wanted to listen to it. <laughs> it felt very repetitive i don't know why i can as soon as you mention it i can hear it in my head yep and it's it's fascinating how songs do that you some songs the more you listen to them as you said you can't get enough of them i mean you think about some of the songs that are still played on radio from you know 60 years ago so the songs that we we went through once again two different methodologies still landed on the same song it's fascinating how you are continuing the chart and i really hope everyone as you go through this year you once again reflect back think about the songs and how they've you've impacted you and that's the magic of tunes mate is that these songs whether it's today or the songs that we're posting from you know, 50 years ago, 25 years ago, it's going to trigger some kind of memory. And you even talked about it. I mean, you, you're even talking about songs that came out last year, but they're triggering some kind of emotion in you when you listen to them and you can't turn them off. So that's the hope of the site. And we hope you enjoyed the countdown. Anything else about the countdown you'd like to add? 
No, I think you, you summed it up well, right? It, we have different methodologies for getting there. It's interesting that we ended up at the same number one. To me, that just goes to show how big that song was this year. And like you said, this is what we do with Tunesmate. It's about, you know, reliving things you've already lived and finding new things and just enjoying music. That's exactly it. Well, for everyone here at Tunesmate, we want you to continue to subscribe to our podcast and check out our blog and once again i'm mark and i'm ray we will see you next time 